0: Welcome to another edition of Sega City Sports Zoom Style.
1: Zoom Style.
0: Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's SIDKid80. That's SIDKid80.
1: You can follow me at Kena McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG.
0: You can go to our website for more information at www w-e-a-r-e-r-e-g-a-l-radio.com. And you can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from WarMea by simply going to War on Anger, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and the iHeartRadio app. Type in that search engine box on all podcast platforms, warr on Anger. Just type it in your search engine box. You can access our podcast there. We're also on YouTube at w-a-r-r media once again that's at war media on youtube you can watch past episodes of all of our podcast programming you can not only listen to us but watch us do our thing live as we take a bow and a kiss we thank you for your support in advance
1: and like share subscribe and tell your friends
0: and we are unapologetically fun lakina is obvious since we are broadcasting live from chicago It's obvious that we'll start off with this great news. Chicago's Mayor, Ms. Lori Lightfoot, announced on Monday that there will be fans in the stands um, at the start of the baseball season for both our teams, both the Cubs and the White Sox. This is her statement. This is her tweet uh, from her Twitter account, as Chicago's Mayor. This is from early Monday morning. Folks, we're significantly slowed the spread of COVID-19, getting our positivity rate down to 2.8%. And now we can begin to safely welcome back fans to our baseball stands on opening day. Although we're reopening, mass is still of utmost importance. And with twenty percent allowed at the games for the Sox, the attendance will be at eight thousand one hundred twenty-two, and for the Cubs at Wrigley, it will be eight thousand two hundred seventy-four fans. Lakina, I'll start with you first. Uh, if you listen to this program, we've been telling you that this is going to be a process. How long it's going to take, how fast it's going to take, that remains to be seen. But, Laquina, you, you should be happy as a baseball fan in Chicago. But we, if you listen to this program, we, we've been telling you this for months. We try to uh, follow this as much as you guys can, but uh, we kind of saw this coming down the pipeline. I'll let you have the floor.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we thought we told you it was going to be a gradual thing. It was going to be a gradual mm-hmm. process. You know, we're not, not going to have a full capacity right away, unlike you know Texas, Georgia, Mississippi, those states. You know that that's we're not going to do that. So, and I know that, and I know that um and the, with the Bucks, you know they they've had like ten percent capacity. I know New York just started letting their fans in. For both the Knicks and the Nets, and also I, I believe, I believe, although I don't think yet, but I think I saw somewhere that LA they're going to start having their people in probably in the, about a month too, mm-hmm. about the same time, for all their sports. You know, about fifteen to twenty percent. So again, this is sort of you know what we all figured it was, it was going to happen. So it's all about revenue too. I mean, these these leagues are starting, mm-hmm. are trying to make up for the revenue that they lost last year by not having fans or in some cases limited fans. So this is sort of a, this is great news all around for everybody. Although I am a little bit worried though, because the CDC, you know, also said that, well, you know, once you're fully vaccinated, you can have, you know, mass, mass, you know, gathering, mass gatherings and mass, you know, and not have to wear a mask, but you know, you're going to have folks that are going to be saying, well, hey, I got vaccinated. So, you know, there's no way, unless you look up their names and like, you know, in a queue or something, but you know, we'll worry about that when the time comes, but yeah, this is great news for everybody. And, and look, I think, I think especially with the White Sox, you know, this is anticipated to be a very special season for them. Mm-hmm. It's good to have the fans there. I know that tickets are going to be, you know, going to be in high demand. So I'm, I'm happy for the fans and, you know, happy for the, the leagues, you know, because like you said, the leagues, you know, they need to kind of make up for the revenue. So hopefully this is a start of things slowly getting back to normal.
0: Yeah. And we have a statement from um, Chairman for the Bulls and for the Chicago White Sox, Mr. Jerry Weinstorf, end quote, we are proud of the important and historic role baseball plays in our country, offering respite during some of the most difficult times or in providing fans with a sense of comfort when circumstances seemed uncertain. We believe this is a moment when baseball can indeed serve our fans and our communities again as well as we all hope for a gradual return to normal. It's why we applaud Mayor Lightfoot, the leadership role, she and Governor J.B. Prisca have played in our city and state in the decision today guided by an unwavering commitment to public health and safety to allow fans to return to guarantee rate field for opening day. You know, I don't call that stadium that corporate name, but I had to because I was reading an official statement, in quote. Uh-huh. Lakina, as you said before, this is all about money. I've been saying this to people who who needed to hear this both on and off this show. It's not about COVID-19 anymore, folks. you see, seen the mass vaccination places pop up, not only around the city, but around the state, but around the country as well. I know President Joe Biden said uh, he'll make uh, vaccinations uh, for adults, people are aging younger, by the end of May. So, everybody who wants the vaccine can get it. I know our seniors are again, and now they're eligible. They're getting their shots now. And people with underlying conditions and frontline workers, they're receiving it as we speak. But getting back to baseball, as you mentioned, the Sox, uh, until they open it up fully to the, uh, the general public, uh, the tickets starting on opening day will be in high demand. Normally, in a normal year, which we're not there yet, but normally during uh, this time of year, Lakeena, they were always we would have had uh, a set date of when ind- individual tickets will go on sale. That didn't happen this year. Uh, as a White Sox fan, I, I continue to receive emails throughout the off season and through up until about a week or so ago. Get your season ticket plans right now. I was supposed to get it this year, but I held off because I wasn't sure when they were going to allow fans back in. It seems like to me in, I think we touched on this a little bit the last couple of weeks. It looks like the limited fans that are going to be in these games are, I'm assuming, frontline workers, and rightfully so. And the first priority should be the season ticket holders, and rightfully so.
1: Yeah, I think that's where we'll probably get the first priority, right? The you know, people who have mm-hmm. already been fully vaccinated, like like you said, said so the frontline workers, other folks out, you know, out there, you know, people with underlying conditions, and other people. So I'm thinking that's probably where they're going to start. And then as, you know, the vaccines become available and, you know, get more and more vaccinated now, they probably are going to have to put a system in place where, you know, you're going to have to say, hey, you're going to have to maybe like get a doctor's note maybe or get something that says, hey, I've been vaccinated. That's probably the only way you'll be able to do it, you know, and do it properly. So we'll see, I mean, how this goes. I mean, like, you know, I think people need to remember that. You know, the people are still getting infected. You know, there's unfortunately still people dying Mm -hmm. from this. And I think people need to kind of like take it slow and, you know, just be glad that, you know, this is even starting at all.
0: Yeah, hopefully it doesn't come down to that point. Like, you know, once more vaccinations become available, you know, asking people if they want to be vaccinated because you can't force people to do what they don't want to do. But I think until that time, I know Mayor Life, as I read in her uh, tweet statement from Monday, that you will be quiet to wear a mask, which is fine because we're not out of it yet, and I understand about. Once this thing moves quickly, I think when the, um, the mask mandate, whenever that is, we'll get into our predictions on that in a minute. Whenever the mask mandate is lifted for good, like I said, you don't have to worry about who's vaccinated, who's not anymore, because uh, more people would have been vaccinated. The positivity rates will go lower, hopefully. And we'll, we'll, ha- we'll get back to more of a normal sense of living life and getting back to our normal routines.
1: Yeah, let, let's hope so. I think, look, I think people want to get back to that point where, you know, hopefully now that we've got competent people running, you know, all these things, that hopefully maybe mm-hmm. we can get, you know, to the point where maybe not necessarily pre pandemic, but all, but to the point where maybe, you know, like we don't have to worry about, you know, people not being able to kind of you know we can get it done right away hopefully we'll get to a point where we had to shut you know everything literally everything had to shut mm-hmm. down you know now that we could now, like I said now we got a couple competent people running these things and look I, like I heard some podcasts where you know people were kind of ragging on you know the mayor for you know the vaccine rollout and stuff like that but but again, I mean, look—the whole thing was ha- was mishandled horribly. I think everybody mm-hmm. can agree on that. So, you know, to say that, well, you know, it was somebody else's fault. No, that—that's you can't really think of it that way. And I think that's the thing that people are missing here. And look, I mean, the the, the world has been much better, thankfully. And you know, they're mm-hmm. producing these things. You go know, Johnson Johnson now has one out that you only need one dose. And I think that's probably where it's going to be more prominent in the black and brown areas, particularly. Mm-hmm. So. I think for, look, I think for me, I think once we get to the point where everybody will be able to, who, you know, it'll be vaccine, you know, will be available for vaccinations, you know, mm-hmm. more and more people start getting those vaccinations and we can start slowly getting back to normal. But I mean, like I said, it's still going to be a little bit, hopefully by the fall, by the end of the summer, into the fall, by the time football season starts, we'll probably see, you know, crowds again, you know, people being able to be on the sidelines again. So, you know, hopefully this is, you know, baby stuff. Folks, we're almost there. So mm-hmm. let's just be patient.
0: You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown, which is me, as we talk about uh, the fans, Chicago baseball fans, both for the Cubs and the White Sox. They are allowing twenty up to 20% capacity, at least to start the season, starting on opening day, which takes place next month. The Cubs will have their opening day April 1st against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Sox will have their whole opener a week later on April 8th against the Kansas City Royals down on the south side. Lakina, getting back to the both, all these teams, but specifically focusing on the White Sox. Uh they need that money more than ever. I'm not saying I know Jerry Ryan's story came out and said that uh we're we're going broke. Uh, we don't have any money. Folks, they still have money. But the, the way that this team is being hyped up and rightfully so, this is a World Series contending team. And then all these teams, including the White Sox, need a, a revenue generated from the fans. And like you said, Lakin, the TV contract covered up some of that um, revenue that was lost from a year ago. But the majority of the revenue comes from us as fans. And the quicker that these vaccine rollouts uh, become available and hopefully the programs are su- successful, you will have more fans. Uh, uh, are who are ready to attend these games hopefully like I say when the mask mandate becomes permanent that you don't have to wear them anymore and things along that line uh people are ready to attend baseball games no matter what your reason are to uh, attend baseball games because you like your team or just to get out the house or the combination of the two uh the, the more that these vaccines become available uh, the restrictions will ease up like you say it's going to be baby steps but uh Baseball has led the w- the way of getting back, uh, leading the way for social change and people uh, going back to uh, normal in-, in this case. So like you said, and we predicted on this show throughout the last few months, it's going to take time, but we're slowly getting there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think people need to kind of just be patient. I know patience is not a thing for some folks, but look, I think we're all not one of to- them. Yeah, well, so even look, though
0: I've become just a little bit more patient as I gotten older. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, look, but well, I, well, a little would, bit. Well, yeah. Well, I, I would, I, I would advise folks. Look, you know, we're almost there. You know, just, just keep, you know, keep, you know, your hands washed, keep your distance, and you know, wear your mask properly. You know, I've heard some people say that they're still gonna wear their mask even though they've been vaccinated, which is smart, and 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 on their part. So I, I think, look, we're almost there, folks. We're kind of going, we're turning the corner, we're kind of down the home stretch. So let let's just keep it going, and let's keep it, you know, let's keep it up, or or this case, down.
0: <laughs> and also, too, Lakina, uh, the, the state of California, as you mentioned, I was listening to some programming over the weekend. It's nice to because we all know that Cali- the state of California toward the end of 2020 and the beginning of this year, that was one of the new hot spots as well, and they've really been going through it. It looks like things are starting to get better a, a little bit uh, behind us here in Chicago and the state of Illinois, but they're going to allow I believe 20% or 15% capacity capacity at, at the Dodgers games of this for this upcoming season, hopefully they can have a, some sort of a ceremony for the for the team that that won the World Series, as, uh, referring to the Dodgers from last year. And of course, there'll be some fans at the Angels uh, games as well. I know the Sox start there, the White Sox start there on April 1st on the road there. I think it was April 1st or April 4th. I, I can't remember. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I know the Sox started on the road at Anaheim um, during that time. But, Lakina, here's the thing. I think it's easy for me to predict this, that it won't be 20% throughout the whole season. Like we said before, once these vaccination sites, uh, vaccines become more available, you'll start to get more fans in the stands. So hopefully by that time, the mass mandate will be lifted and lifted for good things. But we're, we as a, a society are going to have a big time party. Uh, I know here in Chicago, we will, we will for sure. Uh, once Governor Pritzker and Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, uh, announced that we no longer had to wear a mask because uh, more people are getting the vaccines for the herd immunity and the positivity rates are keep going down, we'll, we have less deaths. Uh, due to covid nineteen it's gonna be one hell of a day when that happens so hopefully it'll happen sooner rather than later I'll give you an over and under we'll have fans the more than twenty percent in the fans I'll say when we increase it more I'll say by Memorial Day over or under. Uh hmm we'll will increase it
1: to over what fifty to fifty like fifty at least
0: fifty percent yeah yeah
1: I, I I'll, I'll little, say
0: yes.
1: Yeah, I'll, I would probably say over. Uh, probably, I would say by mid June, I think, because I think they okay. want to kind of do a gradual, especially you know once you know everything kind of you know goes gets going, and once you know more and more people, when it's come become available and, and such, and all the politics of it gets gets you know you know taken out. Mm-hmm. I think it probably, I, I'll give it until like mid June, I think. I think they want to, I think they want to be safe in this, or I think they want to kind of make sure that you know, the you know the, the the risk is sort of minimal. I'll say that, mm-hmm. and, you know, more and more people will get, you know, get the vaccine, and I just, maybe, I would say by my, my mid-June, but I think it will, we might have, you know, full capacity maybe by September for that stretch, especially if both, if both teams end up, you know, competing for a playoff spot. I think by September we'll probably see, you know, full capacity or at the very least maybe 75%, percent capacity, maybe not necessarily 100%. That, that's, that's where my mind is at right now.
0: I I think that you may see full capacity by maybe the end of June or maybe right after the All-Star break in July. That's just my guess right now, the way that things are moving gradually. But I think once the pace picks up, I think it will move at a rapid pace. But I'd say by the All-Star break, you'll probably see full capacity, at least right after the All-Star break. Because, again, you are starting the second half of the year. Uh, We're already into summer, and especially with both teams around here, I'll refer to my White Sox. Some of the White Sox are into contention, in which they should be. You'll get more fans, and then the revenues will, will start coming in, and everything will start to get back to normal. But i say 50% um, right around Memorial Day and by the All-Star break, probably back to normal as far as you can have full capacity in there. Because even though you can still technically catch the virus in the summertime, we're out in open space, so it'll be more difficult to contract the virus. Um, um, Besides, uh, unless you're indoors, where you're trapped and in close, and it's much easier to catch it.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see. Should be very interesting. All right. You listen to Second Seat Sports Podcast along with Sydney Brown, which is he. I am Lakina Mcgee. I am she. I am me. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's let's talk about the All Star game, which happened on Sunday. I mean, look, uh, first of all, did you catch any of it? Because I know that we had our dreads about whether this game, you know, shouldn't even be taking place. But, you know, okay, did you watch any of it? And also to, you know, what what did you think?
0: I did watch the majority of it, including the the three events, which we'll break down in a few minutes. Uh, The actual game was okay. We didn't have the drama like we did last year here in Chicago with Anthony Davis making that game-winning free throw to win the game for his team. (laughs) We still had some funny moments. It wasn't like the All-Star games from several years ago, which players didn't give a damn about. (laughs) I'd say it was average, slightly above average. Steph Curry did his thing. He was looking for an MVP in the first half, but he struggled in the second half. LeBron James didn't even play in the second half. He kept his quote-unquote promise that – his body was going to be there, but his mind wasn't. Uh, he gave you a couple of highlight dunks. <laughs> he gave a couple of passes. I, he said, I'm done. It was just fine. So he did what he had to do. Uh, Zach Levine uh, represents Chicago very well. I only, he only played a 28 minutes, scored 13 points. So he did okay, but he wasn't used as much as I thought he was going to be. Him playing 28 minutes, looking at the stats, I said, hmm. It didn't seem like he was out there for that long, but – you know, it was nice to see him get his first All-Star experience, and he had participated in a three-point contest as well, which will break down uh, those events coming up in a few minutes. But the actual All-Star game itself, it was okay. I know it, it was weird because we're in the pandemic right now, even though things are starting to turn around slowly. But I can't really – I wasn't expecting to be like last year, but it was okay. Slightly above average, but it, it was okay
1: yeah i mean i'll give it like maybe a b or maybe a, 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 a maybe a B. excuse me a b minus or a b because mm-hmm. i mean you know look i wasn't really expecting much i mean especially since you can tell that some of the guys i don't want to say they didn't want to be there but they kind of felt like okay you know let, let's come in you know let's let's do some stuff for hbcus they raise millions for mm-hmm. various hbcu schools and you know in universities you know so that you know that that was great. You know Giannis, you know won the Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP award. He <laughs> he joins KG and um, MJ as the only players to win an MVP, an All-Star MVP, and Defensive Player of the Year in their career. So you know big accomplishment there there. And you know Giannis said that like, he got to, sh- to share this moment with his son who was there. So that that was a nice moment. I mean, look you, look, you had highlights. You know you had Dunks. You had you know you know Dame. You know ending on a three pointer, which is usually what Dame does. <laughs> You know, so, from half court, <laughs> which is yeah, from I think from like a Savannah or something. But yeah, it was it was really cool. that was really cool. The, the usual stuff. Um, you know, Curry, you know, probably had his chance, but like you said, so he struggled in the second half. So you know, he unfortunately he was off, you know, off the the radar for MVP. But look, it, it was fun. I mean, look, considering with, with what happened with you know Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, for those of you who didn't know, unfortunately, you know, it turns out they you know they were in close contact with a barber that. It turned out he tested positive for COVID. You know they had to help him out, but then all the tests came back. You know they just announced it early this morning, early on Monday morning, that the, all those tests came back negative. So you know it, it, at least from a way it looks, it looks like this. You know things kind of went off without. You know besides that little snafu everything uh, kind of went off without a hitch, but, you know, it was a nice look. Like, it was a tip, your typical all-star game. You know, it, it was fun. He had a lot of, you know, he you had you know, a lot of the bands, you know, the HBCU bands, you know, virtually, you know, performing and, yeah. and, you know, and everybody, like everybody had a good time. So that's the important thing.
0: It looks like I give the NBA a, a B plus for putting on the presentation because we all knew that the, that this event was put on at the last second and to be held in the city of Atlanta, where the, it's almost it is HBCU King with Clark, Atlanta A&T, and Spell, Spellman and Morehouse, and so I get it why they held the game in Atlanta and rightfully so. And the, the motivation behind the All-Star game, giving money to these HBCUs, which was great, and we've been saying it all along, this wasn't the issue why I had a problem with them playing the All-Star game. It was all about the money grab, as far as uh, paying Turner Sports because they're the exclusive home for the All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend. So that's one way that Turner has that they had to make their money outside the uh, covering the NBA playoffs. So that was a real reason why this All-Star Game was even put on. But I'll keep give, give the NBA a B plus. Like you mentioned, Lakina, like, you know, the player introductions and the national anthem. Shout out to Miss Gladys Knight, the princess of. Old school R and B. She did her thing. She looked fab fabulous as always, and so she did a heck of a job. Now Shaka Khan love her, but she is some I know some people gave her the side eye last year at the United Center when she did the national anthem and her uh, questionable attire, which I didn't have a problem with personally. But <laughs> other than that, you know, you know, Lakina, if it, this was we were in, in normal times right now. All those performances by those bands would have been off the hook. First of all, they would have been their life on the court. And, you know, they could have done, a, uh, they would have done a little bit more as
1: yeah. far as
0: presentation and putting some piz- more pizzazz into it. Yeah. It would have been great. But for what uh, the NBA had to do uh, working around um, uh, this situation, I'll give them a B plus.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, like you, like you said, said I mean, look, you know, Gladys Miss Gladys kept it casual. You know, she's an Atlanta native. She's a big you know basketball fan, so you know mm-hmm. she kept it casual. She sounded great, and you know, it kind of gave you know, you know a little old school there, and, I, and I'm sure she knew what you know, you know what happened with Shaka Khan last year here in Chicago. But you know what look she like like I said, she kept it, you know, she sounded great as usual. She kept mm-hmm. it, you know, casual with the outfit. So and like I like I said, she's a big basketball fan. So, you know, nothing everything, you know, went, went well there. You know, had the Cocktail Atlanta University harmonica harmonic, mm-hmm. I say, harmonica, I said harmonica. a cappella group um doing let their voice and sing which is really cool so look i mean look 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 look, the aspect of it you know like you said it was last minute and everything you know the colors and everything but look it it, it turned out fine i mean look i I think we it was sort of like what we expected for the all-star game to be and everything and it it all kind of went okay so that's all you can ask for
0: did you like the design of the court? Because I thought it was very cool and very yeah. creative.
1: Yeah, it was like, I loved like, the colors and stuff. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that they did that.
0: Now let's break down the events. There were two events that were held before the the game. It was the skills competition and the three-point shootout. Of course, Steph Curry won the three-point shootout. Did you check out any of the skills competition? Because I, I picked me- Chris Paul and he didn't win it.
1: Yeah, well, he didn't. Well, he didn't do very well. I actually forgot that the skills competition was on. So mm-hmm. by the time, like, by the time uh, I did watch it, they had already they were doing the finals. So I'm like, oh crap, I, I missed it because they didn't really did a good did do really do a good very good job promoting it. So I, I mm-hmm. well, by the time I realized, you know, that it was on, you know, like I said, they were already in the finals. So I, I was like, oh okay, I, crap, I missed a lot.
0: Yeah, I believe uh, DeMontis Sabonis of the Indiana Pacers uh, won the event. So congratulations to him. Now the three-point shootout. Zach Levine, uh, for the second year in a row for the Bulls, participated in the event, and he scored 22 points. But he was etched out by Mike Conley uh, Jr. from the Utah Jazz uh, as far as participating in the final round. Uh, It came down to a last shot, Lakina Steph Curry. De- defeated Mike Conley for the title, uh, scoring big over 30 points in that final round. And Steph Curry said to the people, to his critics and fans, "Say, hey, the Warriors may not be that good, but I'm still one of the best shooters, if not the best shooter of all time. And I'm grabbing my second three-point crown in my career. He, of course, he won it back in 2015 during All-Star Weekend in New York City.
1: Well, and also you got to commend Mike Conley for actually literally coming out of the bullpen. Because remember, Ben Stills Ben Simmons Still was actually supposed to have be been participating in that three point, three point contest, mm-hmm. but you know, of course, you know he couldn't. They held him out, so you know, Mike Conley mm-hmm. came in kind of like you know without really warming up. So he actually was able to put out a great performance. Actually. A great performance and actually put the pressure on Steph to kind of like mm-hmm. had to force some deal you know, to kind of you know shoot the lights out, which of course he did. And of course, you know Steph showing you that like, hey, I'm still look. The, our team might not, mm-hmm. as a whole might not be very good. At clay's out for the season, but like, hey, I'm still here. You know, don't get it twisted. So it was actually a pretty entertaining three point contest.
0: Yeah. Did you see Conley's reaction when Steph Curry hit that last shot in the final round? Fact, like, he did. Yeah, I was like oh, <laughs> Crap! I do
1: I like, just missed by that much. Right. But, but like, but like we said, I'm. Mean, like he should be commended for all of that. You know, at least making Steph work for it. So that's a good thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's switch over now to the slam dunk contest. Look, it, was, it took place at halftime, of course. Obi Topin, uh, he was my dark horse. Uh, he, was, he was actually my favorite to, to win because of, watching him last year at Dayton. He actually had a couple of nice dunks, but it was Anthony Simons from the Portland Trailblazers who won the dunk contest. I think I saw and heard his name in passing, Lakina, excuse me, Uh over the summer, but watching him in that slam dunk contest, I know some people still want to trash it because it's a popular thing to do because you don't have the quote-unquote big stars anymore. We'll talk about that aspect of it in just a moment, but Anthony Simons, he did a Tracy McGrady dunk from the 2000 slam dunk contest. It was very, very nice, and then, of course, the final round, um, he did a couple of dunks, and he reminded me of Vince Carter in this sense. He doesn't need much to jump because he's shorter. Yeah. I'm talking about Simons. That kid has hops. Just just like Vince Carter, who's a little bit taller than him. I know Vince Carter is six five, six six. But Simons, give him a trampoline. He could literally jump out of the arena.
1: Oh well yeah. That's okay. how high that
0: man can jump without you know, <laughs> any support.
1: Well yeah, he's well he's six four and look I mean though he went to uh a prep school you know he didn't go to college you know he he skipped college mm-hmm. and went to the the MBAs. you know had actually could contributing pretty well for Portland but I mean, look. I mean, he kind he does kind of remind me of Vince Carter in that sense, where look, you know, he has the vertical jump, even though he's mm-hmm. not that tall. So you know, I, I was impressed by him. I know some people felt that you know him and Obi and also Cassius Stanley who was also the other competitor. You know, he had a good
0: on. first dunk, but after a, that he struggled. Yeah,
1: he just didn't do very well after that. So, but you know, you know, Simon was consistent from start to finish, and. I think he deserved to win and it actually turned out to be a pretty good all-star, uh, I mean, all-star dunk contest. I wouldn't mind them doing that regularly to do it in, you know, at halftime. So that, that way it won't take like about, a, you know, like about two hours <laughs> for a dunk contest. So I, look, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, be opposed to them um, doing the dunk contest in the halftime of the all-star game, you know, be a little more sense so of urgency.
0: Now, assuming that things will get back to normal next year for the NBA, which I believe it will, the All-Star game next year will be in Cleveland, LeBron James' hometown. So you would, so, would you, you, so what you're saying, not to put words in your mouth, so would you, you're saying that uh, All-Star Saturday night, would, how would you do it? So you would keep everything All-Star Saturday night with the three-point contest and the skills challenge, but move the gun, dunk contest to halftime of the actual All-Star game? Is that what you're suggesting? I'm I'm suggesting it. That's what I'm saying. I will strongly disagree with you, Lakina. All Star Saturday night is about the slam dunk contest. Hopefully, you'll get Zion in there next year. Hopefully, you'll get John Moran. All Star Saturday night is built off the slam dunk contest. Yes, it was a time limit on Sunday because of what we're in right now, but. The M- I'll give the NBA credit. It was a good contest. Was it the greatest? No. Was it the worst? No. Trust me, I've seen worst dunk contests. 2001, 2010, 2013, people, thank you very much. <laughs> With that being said, when everything starts to back, will be back to normal by this time next year. The slam dunk contest should be back on All-Star Saturday night. Just hope you get a couple of big names in there like John Morant or Zion Williamson, who or whoever's going to be a hot rookie drafted this summer, so that that's the thing that the NBA slam dunk contest is missing. Yes, there there have been periods where the dunk contest hasn't been as hot because some of your big time players didn't want to participate, or the lack of creativity, or the combination of the two, but. Uh, we always see something that we haven't seen before for the slam dunk contest, and hopefully uh, Anthony uh, Anthony Simons will participate in Cleveland next year, and hopefully we we'll get a big name or two in there. And so i, I would still say keep the old format the same. Leave the slam dunk contest for All Star Saturday night.
1: We'll be interested to see what what happens here because I'm I'm look I, I like the fact that you know that you know keep it quick you know keep it just just keep it moving. So that that's just me. <laughs> We'll see, mm-hmm. what, we'll see what they decide to do next year. But, like, I also say like, I like all Saturday night too, but, like, you know, by the time the, the dunk contest comes, I think folks want to uh, kind of go back to, you know, I think folks are tired and stuff. So, like, you know, keep, keep the fans wanting more. So, just a, just a thought.
0: Yeah, just real quick before we move on, Lakina. I will say this because of the – we're slowly coming out of the pandemic right now. I know that the NBA is considered the the, the Super Bowl for us African-Americans. <laughs> and it's, a, it's the events and the parties, and we experienced that last year in Chicago. The events are just as big or bigger than the game. But I don't know about you. Me personally, you notice if, you know, All-Stars Saturday night, Some and, it, and we didn't have the Rising Stars Challenge this year, formerly known as the rookie game, but we didn't have that this year. But, you know, it's even uh, during the uh, – at halftime of these of the All-Star game, you usually have the hottest music performer, whoever's hot right now, uh, performing. Me personally, I did not miss that at all this year. I know we're not – we'll probably ease back into that next year, but for this year, I did not miss that at all.
1: No, I, I was fine with it, actually. I, I, I Look, I was fine with it. I, I don't care
0: about Bruno Mars or Cardi B or whoever was supposed to be hot this year or over the past couple of years. I did not miss that at all.
1: No, I, I, look, I was fine with it. I was fine with it not being, you know, you didn't have like the hot artists from Atlanta and and mm-hmm. wh- whoever that that person is. So I'm, I'm, look, I, I was fine with it not, you know, not having that aspect of it. Cause I think this was sort of a concentrate on the basketball and you mm-hmm. know the the other you know, stuff going around and with you know, the HBCUs raising money for them and, and whatnot. So I think that not to say that that would have been a distraction, but I kind of feel like yeah. may, may, maybe maybe it's a good thing you know this year that they didn't do that, you know, just to kind of, like, keep the focus of where it's supposed to be.
0: You're listening to Sega City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. As we're winding down this first segment talking about the NBA, Laquina, before we get to the Bulls, we may have to save them until next segment. I'm not sure. But Blake Griffin, uh, he was bought out by the Pistons over the weekend and looks like he's going to join the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I'll ask you this question. Where does this leave Andre Drummond? Does he go to the Lakers? Does he go to Portland? Does he go to Boston?
1: Well, I, I saw um well the the move with um with you know, Griffin with the with the, the Nets is official. I've heard you know, I read some rumors, you know, this morning that they may that looks like Drummond may end up going to the Lakers once they do officially have the buyout, so it's like he's gonna go <laughs> to them. But I, I think look as for you know Griffin I mean, you know, well, we'll see. I mean, they need that big body out up front, and that's been the sort of thing that's been missing mm-hmm. with the Nets, and some guys that can a guy that can block a shot. You know, we know Griffin can do that. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, you know, there are enough basketballs to go around. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying.
0: If you're Blake Griffith, you're not being asked to lead the team. You're asked to come in, do a specific role, and do it to the best of your ability. At this point of his career, he's been that guy with the Clippers. Now he's reunited with ex-teammate. Now, current teammate, DeAndre Jordan, they used to play with the Clippers together about a decade ago. For Mr. Griffin, you just had to score your eight to ten points a game if that, play defense, and that's it. You don't have to be the guy anymore to carry that burden. That's James Harden's job. That's Kevin Durant's job. That's Kyrie's job to a lesser extent. So, if you play Griffin, just come in, add some additional scoring, and basically play defense. That's it.
1: Yeah, I, and I- I'm sure it's probably going to be like that with Drummond too. I mean, just sort of could just, you know, be kind of like, we're not asking to be the other AD, Anthony Davis, but, mm-hmm. you know, just to sort of like be kind of like take the, the pressure off LeBron, you know, be the facilitator on the inside. And that's because that's the thing that that's been missing with the Lakers. So we'll see with both these, both these moves, we'll see what what happens because it's going to be very interesting in the second half once when we talk about it in a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's really going to be interesting. I think going back to, Andre Drummond, I think he wouldn't be a, a bad fit for Portland because uh, Nurkic has been injured the last couple of years. Uh, Carmelo Anthony's still doing good, but they uh, and Zach Collins. I don't think he's played at all this season. I, I could be wrong, but Andre Drummond wouldn't be bad for Portland. Him, Dame Dollar, and then hopefully when C.J. McCollum gets back, that's not a bad team. Yeah, I know yeah. Boston. I I know Boston can also use him, but. I'm not saying that he couldn't fit with Boston, but I just don't sense that, that pizzazz with him with the Celtics. They could use him, but I don't know if Boston will, and Danny Ainge, the GM there, is going to really go after him. I may be wrong, but I just don't get the excitement there for Drummond going to go into Boston.
1: I, yeah, I, they I, could I, use I,
0: him, but I don't know if they're going to get him.
1: Do they have enough you know, cap room for him to get there? They may Good question. That's that's probably the thing. Like at least you know with the Lakers, they can kind of move some money around mm-hmm. so that they, he'll be able to get in there. But I, I yeah, think, they, I
0: think they're the favorites to get him, like you yeah,
1: said. Yeah, yeah. So I I just although I'm sure look Portland could probably definitely use him because they don't have a big man really. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: we'll see what we'll see what happens. You know, uh, but we'll see if the Lakers moved is official before we reconvene we on Saturday. But should be interesting to see what he does or where he goes.
0: Yes, it will be. Lakina, let's start off in uh, this segment with the Chicago Bulls. Of course, the second half of the season starts on Wednesday, but for the Bulls, they'll start on Thursday as they'll kick off their five-game homestand. Their game will, their first game will be against the Philadelphia 76ers on Thursday at 7 o'clock from the UC, and then they'll face the Miami Heat the next night on Friday at, at 8 p.m., and their game on Sunday against the Toronto Raptors will take place at 8 o'clock. Lakina, as we said before in our last episode with our Bulls NBA roundtable, uh, this is an important stretch for Chicago. Now they're within striking distance of the playoffs. They're tied with the Toronto for 8th place. They're a couple of games behind 5th and 6th place. This is the time that we get to see if this team has learned their lessons from the first half of the year. This is where head coaching will come in in terms of Billy Donovan. But it's all about the players at this point, Linkina. They're right there for the playoff spot. You're facing better teams. You're facing better competition. You need to test out your skills and see if your, your experience will carry over in terms of learning lessons from the first half of the year in terms of beating the, and competing and beating some of these high-quality teams.
1: And I think this is sort of what it looks like. They're not going to trade that young. You know, that's what the the rumors are. Although, you know, there have been some people reports saying that they may be, they may want, some may want Otto Porter Jr. We'll see where that goes. But but again, I think, you know, their schedule is going to be even harder this you know this this second half so that's going to be where we'll see like where this team is i mean we know they're not at the level of milwaukee we're not they're not up there with the sixers we get that so well let can it be in like that sort of like that you know that third tier among the eastern conference teams so we'll, we'll see i mean look we'll see how they are you know if and if or when laurie comes back we'll see where they'll they're at i mean you know we all saw their schedule it's it's super difficult i mean they got to play philly multiple t- a couple of times they got to play mm-hmm. milwaukee a couple of times you know they got brooklyn like three or four times so it, it, it's gonna be very interesting to see where they are in this sense i mean look you know you're 16 and 18 great but i'm sure mm-hmm. look i'm sure folks are gonna be asking for a lot more from them but at the same time, though, for me, look, if you can get right at the at the, at the cusp of 500, be right there for, if not a playoff spot, at least to be in the play-in to get into the playoffs, I think, you, got, you know, you probably have to feel good. I mean, they're in ninth right now. <laughs> they're right there, you know, Toronto's ahead only because, you know, they played a little, played, you know, more games than them. Because, you know, mm-hmm. of course, you know, the Bulls have had, you know, some games have had to be, like, moved around, you know, due to COVID issues with the other teams they are supposed to be playing. But, look, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see where, where, where they'll be, you know, once we, you know, maybe by the end of May, where they'll be at. Are they going to be competing for, you know, a wild card spot? You'll know, be right there on 500. That, that's really going to be anybody's guess.
0: A couple of things to keep an eye on for you Bulls fans as we start the second half later on this week. One, will Kobe White, how much uh, how much has he improved? We, we've seen him improve in, uh, in some spots. It's been a roller coaster for him for this first half. I think we can all agree that the starting point guard position for him is over. Just put him at the two two spot and, and let him just uh, roll and do his thing because we all know that he's a scorer, and that's what he does best. You can still make plays, but uh, scoring is, is his mentality, and that's what he does best. Keep your eye on Kobe White. Also, number two, and I didn't get to this in our last episode, Daniel Gafford.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's see how much more energy that can he bring off the bench. Because one thing, a one, couple things, but one of the main things that the Bulls have struggled with this year is interior defense. I know Wendell Carter Jr. was injured early on in the season. I know he's been back for the last few weeks, but... The Bulls cannot stop anybody inside, and this goes way beyond the 50-point performance from Joel and me from last month. Okay, I, I just want to see how much Daniel Gafford has left to uh, for the energy for his energy energy to bring off the bench, and how, and how much can Wendell Carter Jr. improve? I know he's playing out of position for the moment, but can the Bulls muster up some type some type of consistency as far as interior defense is concerned?
1: And, uh, like you said, I mean. That'll be very interesting too. I mean, how much you know? How much Yo know, temple going to be used? How much saddle going to get used? Also, too, I mean, if Laurie does come back, I mean, will he be the inside guy or will Wendell be, Carter be playing out of the position again on the In you know, in the inside, because that's sort of been a big problem. You know, not just with you know Mb with Jokic, his performance against them last week. This is going to be something that look. This is a sort of a, ta- a talent evaluation. You know, we've been saying this for for months now, and it'll be interesting to see what they do here. Like, you know, look, I think it's safe to say that a lot of these guys probably will not be here next season. So, you know, mm-hmm. let, let's just see what you know, what you have, and what you, what what can you build around.
0: And also, too, when Laurie marketing, if and when he gets back, will he have that same uh, hot scoring surge as he did when he came back from his injuries the first time early in the season? So, those would be the three key points that I'm looking forward to. Uh, keeping my eye on as the Bulls start the second half later on this week.
1: Going to be very interesting now, real quick before we take our break, you're know, going through the games, um, the Wednesday games, you got Washington and Memphis, also in Texas, you got San Antonio and Dallas. That's an NBA TV game. That should be very interesting there. We'll see where both these teams are. You know, San, San Antonio you know, came back just, just about a week before, you know, the break because of COVID issues. So we'll see where they're mm-hmm. at you know, Dallas, you know, with Luka in the game, you know, they're both kind of like right there for, you know, in the the playoff picture. So we'll see where they, you know, where, you know, these teams are, you know, by the time, you know, we we start these second half games. It's going to be very interesting and very entertaining.
0: Yes, they will be. On Thursday, uh, a TNT doubleheader at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time is the Boston Celtics travel to New York City to take on the Brooklyn Nets, followed by... The Golden State Warriors at the Los Angeles Clippers at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, the highlighted games for Thursday is Phoenix at Portland uh, at the same time at 9 p.m. And, of course, in the early games, you'll have the Atlanta Hawks traveling to Tampa to face the Toronto Raptors at 6.30 p.m. And also, at 7 o'clock on on Thursday, you'll have the New York Knicks traveling to Milwaukee to face the Bucks at 7 p.m.
1: And also, too, down in Miami, you got Orlando and Miami. And Orlando's a very scrappy team. You know, we'll, mm-hmm. s- we'll see where Miami is. So, should be fun, you know, down in Florida. All of these games should be. And on Friday, you know, you got Philly and Washington. We'll see where, you know, Washington is. You know, they kind of got into a little bit of a – not necessarily a hot streak, but they kind of like, you know, they won a few games. You know, pulled off a couple of upsets you know right before the break we'll see where they are also probably Denver and Memphis on NBA TV that's the first first game of that doubleheader that should be a lot of fun you know should be very interesting um Jamal Murray and John Moran that should be that should be a hell of a lot of fun
0: yep and also you have the Indiana Pacers at the Los Angeles Lakers on Friday that should be fun and so, of course, we mentioned earlier um, the Miami Heat will travel to Chicago to take on the Bulls on Friday. So the NBA will be starting back up later this week, Laquina, some hot games we just mentioned there. And as the drive to the playoffs will start now, these games should be interesting. And now for the second year in the world, you'll have the the format of, of the seven, uh, ten 10th seed qualifying for the playing tournament.
1: And I'm, I'm I'm guessing there's gonna be a lot of trash talking between our buddies, Matt Peck and a lot of tech hire. I'm already expecting there gonna be a lot of trash talking between them too, so I'm gonna like I'm already I'm already anticipating that. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna to have to go play nice guys. Play nice. That should be
0: Yeah, you might be, have to go play referee for that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say play play nice guys. It should it should be a good one too. Um, Jimmy Butler gets Zach with mm. me. And that should be a, a whole lot of fun.
0: Yeah, both of those lovely people are good friends of the show.
1: Yeah. So we'll uh, yeah. So, but, but play
0: nice, you guys. Yes. We're going to play nice and take a 20 second time out here on second city sports. When we get back, we'll have uh, the latest in college basketball, both locally and nationally. And we'll get into uh, a little of the Chicago Blackhawks and something that the NHL did, which they got away with, but yours truly then pointing out in our last episode, but I'm going to point it out in a few minutes on the flip side. And we're going to get into about the way that we consume our media. And it has to do with uh, a, a, a local story here in Chicago. We'll explain all of that. And plus, we'll have a, a lot more fun. You're listening to Sega City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown, which is me. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with LaQuina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can mm. find your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG S C K eighty once again S C K eighty. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero.
1: You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and LaQuina you know, Squirrel McGee on the IG.
0: You can go to our website site for more information at weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from War Media, by simply searching for us on all podcast platforms, War on Anchor. That keeps you over the iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and the iHeartRadio app. Type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. We're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live as we <laughs> blow kisses to the crowd and take our bows. Thank you for your support in advance.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends.
0: And we are unapologetically fun. As we kick out the second segment, With some college basketball, let's start locally. Lakina with the final lineup. They end their regular season on a high north last Saturday, beating the Ohio State Buckeyes on the road 73 to 68. Your top performers were Andre Corbello. He chipped in with 19 points for the Illini. Justice Suing had 15 points for the Buckeyes. Lakina, the return of the (laughs) mask. IO, or as I call him, L. IO Dasumu. Lakina, did you see him perform on that court this past Saturday, including that last buggy, which gave the Illini a four point lead? That young man was amazing. Dasumu ended the game with 19 points. He also grabbed four rebounds, dished out three assists. As we said before the last couple of episodes, this team is good without him, but this team is a championship Cowboy team with him, obviously.
1: Yeah, they're so much fun to watch, and you saw him mm-hmm. with that mask. Like, look, I don't know if they're gonna recast Batman. I look, I don't know if Ao can act to save his life, but he definitely gonna, <laughs> he's definitely gonna make a make a play for that. But look, I mean, the the team looked very impressive, and you know, we saw them with without him against Michigan, but we saw him them with them against Ohio State, and look, they they look very scary. They're gonna be a very tough out for somebody. So, look, this is they that this team's a lot of fun to watch, and I'm. I'm very excited how they're you know how they're gonna look you know on Friday I think that's when they play the Big Ten tournament of they got mm-hmm. the double bye, but um, look I mean there's gonna be a lot that 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 uh Big Ten tournament in Indy is gonna be very competitive of course you got Michigan it's like hey look don't forget about us and and mm-hmm. also until you get Ohio State you know I'm sure they're gonna have some say Iowa too you know, so there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be kind of like, and look, you got to look at the, the bubble teams, right? You got Michigan State, you know, which kind of helped mm-hmm. themselves by splitting their weekend series with Michigan. You got Rutgers. We probably gonna need a couple more wins to get in, mm-hmm. you know? So there's going to, there's going to be a lot of sort of, once we start games, especially once the bigger conferences start getting to their, getting to the, the respective tournaments, you know, there's going to be a lot of bubble teams, especially in the big 10, you know, with, there are a lot of openings this year, so it'll be interesting to see what what happens and what they what they do. Because, like you said, Maryland's gonna gonna probably gonna win a couple mm-hmm. more games. Indiana's probably gonna need, probably gonna get to at least the, the semifinals, at least to get a chance to get in. So there's there, there's still a lot of uncertainty in that bottom tier, of the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, going back to the final line night game against the Buckeyes for just a moment, break it down the box score. Uh, Kofi Coburn had a An okay game in 25 minutes of action. He had 12 points and six rebounds. Trent Frazier, um, he only scored three points in a couple of minutes. He really struggled shooting one for five from the field, including one for four from the three-point range. But it was all about the sumo. um, Jacob Granderson chipped in with nine points in 21 minutes of action. It was a classic back-and-forth game. And it came down to the last couple minutes of the game, as I mentioned, sumo with a uh, with their layup and plus one. The Illini—they're—they're—they're they're, they're built for the long haul. And when you take a look at them, as possibly being one of the four number one seeds in the tournament, they got it. Of course, Michigan is in a battle with them as well as Lakin like mentioned a moment ago. It, and even though they didn't take their game as serious on Sunday at Michigan State, of course, because they had the regular season uh, Big Ten title all wrapped up. Michigan looks good. I know they had an injury on Sunday. We'll see uh, how that plays out once the Big Ten tournament starts later on this week at Indianapolis. But uh, as we said before on the show, the Big Ten is the top conference uh, in the land this year for 2021. You're going to see between six, maybe seven teams. I don't know. If you'll get eight or nine teams, but you between six and eight possibly will be fair. And as you mentioned before, LaQuina, Michigan State helped themselves out with that win on Sunday. They're really yeah, glad they to make like a run in today. Indianapolis this later on this week.
1: Yeah, I've seen some people say that they're probably in with that split series, but I think I think if you're Michigan State, I think you're probably going to win maybe a couple more yes. games, at least get to the core. At least win your first-round game. That way there won't be any doubt because, like I said before, I've said for years, you know, you know, before the tournament, it's all about lasting impressions. And if you mm-hmm. lose to a, a bottom-tier team, you know, I don't know. I don't have the bracket for the Big Ten tournament in front of me, but I'm assuming they're probably going to play, like, maybe you, Minnesota or Ohio State. or I, I mean I, – Penn State, I should say, or somebody mm-hmm. like that. So, if you lose to any either one of those type of teams, you know, that it, that's not going to be a good look for you, too, in the, the committee's eyes. So, like I said, it's all about lasting impressions. So, they'll probably get seven. Like I said, eight might be pushing it a bit, but I think mm-hmm. they'll definitely get seven. So, which seven, you know, after Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, and Ohio State, you know, Rutgers, and and Wisconsin, you know, you probably think that maybe, like, one or two more teams may be able to get in after that. So, like I said, it's all about who, who advances further
0: at this point. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Well, staying local in college basketball, let's say congratulations to your 2021 Missouri Valley Conference Tournament champions, the Loyola Ramblers of Chicago, the 21th squad in America. They defeated Drake by the score of 75-65 to on Sunday in St. Louis. Cameron Crutwig led the Ramblers with 20 points and eight rebounds. Drake was missing their top score, as we mentioned uh, a few weeks ago. Now they're missing their top assist guy, but they're led by Tremo Murphy, who chipped in with 20 points grabbed five rebounds, and added two assists. Laquina is all about defense with the Loyola Ramblers, as we talked about them a week or so ago with Jordan Burnfield from uh, WGN Radio, and he's a uh, college basketball TV voice for the Big and ESPN as well. And he talked about a, a couple of guys that, you know, that need to step up, and and they did that on Sunday. Luke Williamson, he struggled. He was the um, Chicago's very own from Whitney Young. He struggled a little bit, but it was all about the defense. Lakina, toward the end of that first half, you could, you could see the tide shifting. And, of course, coming out in that second half, Loyola had it on lock, and Drake didn't know what to do. They fought hard. they still a good team. I know there's some questions about them possibly getting in, but I still believe that they're in. But congratulations once again to the Loyola Ramblers winning the conference tournament. Uh, title. They're the regular season champs, now tournament champs as well as, as they get that automatic big from the Missouri Valley.
1: Yeah, look, I think that I've, I've said it before, and there has been buzz about this team. team's probably better than the team that went to the Final Four last year. Crawford was a freshman on that team, didn't really contribute much because he was only a freshman. But you know, mm-hmm. he's he's seen. You know, he it's not when the lights get bright. You know, I don't expect him to kind of be you know freaked out by the moment. So I'm not expecting him. I think there were there were a couple other guys that were on the team too. They're now seniors, but um. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about matchups. I mean, with me, you know, in Loyola, you know, Lenardi's got them, you know, right now as an 8C. So they could probably end up, it, should they win their 9 their nine matchup with an 8 or a 9, if they are 8 or a nine, 9, the, mm-hmm. if they win that game, they'll probably play one of the number one C. So it should be interesting to see what they do. Wouldn't, yeah. it be, wouldn't it be interesting, though, if Illinois does end up being a number one C that they do try to put Illinois and Loyola? Look, look, we, we know how the committee is. They have a very uh, interesting sense of humor. So I can yes. imagine them doing that. You know, I don't know if they would, but, you know, don't be surprised if they do. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, look, I mean, they they totally deserve it. And, you know, Porter Moves has done a great job with that program, basically building it from the ground up. And as for Trick, like you said, you know, they've been out without a lot of their, you know, top guys. A lot of the bracketologists got them, like, just barely getting in with the, with the play-in games. <laughs> but, like I said, it's all going to depend on how the other teams, you know, the other bubble teams do. You know, the Xaviers, um, like I mentioned, Maryland. Michigan State. Um, who else is on the bubble with some of uh, uh, maybe maybe Stanford or somebody like that? So mm-hmm. so it's all going to depend on like how the, the the bubble teams you know go at it. You know, maybe maybe a Duke. I mean, look, you know, Duke's on the bubble for for the first time in a while. So maybe Syracuse. So it all depends on what those teams do in their tournaments. But you know, well, we'll see. I think I know right now. I think Drake is in.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Lakina. And staying with Loyola just a moment, as uh, as we talk about uh, this time of year, you need great guard play and great inside presence. But for me, you need that third scorer. And for Loyola on Sunday, uh, Braden Norris came to play, playing 36 minutes, scoring 20 points, including five and nine for three point land. Uh, if, if, if he can keep it up, and hopefully Lucas Williamson can get back on track. Lloyd Ola could make a deep run. I'm not saying they're going to the final four, mm-hmm. but I think this team can make a big run. Hopefully, Illinois stays out of that bracket, but uh, out, outside of that, they could win about two or three games.
1: Oh, yeah. I think, like I said, it's all about the matchups with this, with this mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, like I, like I said, I mean, you know, the, the committee tends to want to be humorous. So, well, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be very interesting, though, because I think that, you know, like this, this, they have a chance to go pretty far, but like I said, it's all about the matchups. Now, a shout-out to the four teams that have already made it to the dance. You know, Liberty out of the Atlantic Sun going for the second straight season. Um, Winthrop, you know, that could be, like, you know, 23-1. and one. Look, I've seen that with 13. That's a veteran squad. That could definitely be a fit for somebody. Don't look take them like, of course, you know, Loyola, of course. And also, Moorhead mm-hmm. State going back for the first time since 07 from the Ohio Valley. So, four teams have punched their tickets to the dance. And there will be more by the time we convene on Saturday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're listening to Sega City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown as we talk college basketball. We're getting close to March Madness, folks. The selection show will be coming up this upcoming Sunday. Lakina, these conference tournaments will be uh, some of the mid um, major conference tournaments will be wrapping up uh, around this time this podcast is out, which is today, which is Tuesday. Which is today, but your big time um, five, power five conference tournaments will start tomorrow with the Pac-12, the Big Ten, as we mentioned, the ACC, the Big Ten, uh, ACC, Big Ten, Big East, uh, along those lines. Uh, before we kind of preview what we think could happen uh, as in the beginning of these tournaments, uh, what else did what else? Well, the games uh, stood out to you from this past Saturday and Sunday in college basketball.
1: Uh, and the Big 12 looks like Baylor's back. <laughs> I mean, they, look, they, they kind of took it to the woodshed against, you know, Texas Tech and, you know, beating, beating them pretty handily. So, you know, we all thought that, that was going to be a very, very close game. They ended up beating them by 15 and sort of – I think people were kind of questioning, okay, are Baylor really – are they for – are they kind of like be on the cusp because they lost a couple in a row because of, you know, code restrictions, you know, they were off for a few weeks. But – they're saying Mm-mm, no no we're we're still here <laughs> and uh, I mean look you know Macy OT who probably will be competing with his, his um with his team with his teammate Jared Buller, who we've talked about you know had 35 you know for Baylor you know and his you know I think he's a, he's a senior so that was a nice you know put on a show for the you know the home crowd you know in his final home game there and look I think they look I, I think look I think Baylor has showed that look, hey, look, we're one of the favorites too. Don't forget about us either. So I, I said, look, I say good for them. And another game that said, I don't know if you got a chance to watch me and me and Kyle were kind of talking about it. Um, you the, the the end of the UC, USC UCLA game. Did you see the end of that game? Missed it. Oh, you missed it. Oh, oh well, it looked. I mean, it was a crazy game because I think like UCLA was up by the, like fifteen, and you know. In the first half, you know, SC kind of clawed their way back, and you know, and they had a last second shot. You know, our buddy Spiro Diaz had a you know for the show from CBS had the call had the call there. And I mean, look, that was a that was a look. Whatever those two teams play in any sport, I mean, that's always (laughs) it's always fun when those two teams you know play against each other or whatever the sport. But you know. This this was, you know, a really, you know, a, a great finish, you know, definitely a, a March Madness finish. That was, you know, t- Taj Eddie Ives, I think that's how you say his name, uh, three pointer mm-hmm. with just a just over like a, a second and a half left, you know, submitted that went for for them too. And also to Oregon that's a team that a lot of people are not really talking about. I mean, they kind of got hot late, you know, clinched number one seed, you know, BSC, you know, a couple weeks back to kind of like put them in the driver's seat of winning the Pac-12 mm-hmm. and they got a nice deep squad. You know, of course, Data Allman. we all know what a great job he's done with that program too. So some really great, some really great performances. So, so what about you, what, what, for what you saw this weekend, what kind of stood out to you?
0: Uh, Oklahoma State going to Morgantown and beating West Virginia, uh, 85 to 80, 80, Avery Anderson had a big game, 31 points, including a, a key jumper late in that game. Uh, Bob Huggins, we all know he coached in Cincinnati way back when he had some competitive teams. Actually, took a team to the Final Four back in the day. Remember Corey Blunt, all you old-school Bulls fans? He came <laughs> in the year after Michael. Also, Nick Van Exel was on that team as well. Yep. But uh, he, he has another competitive squad with the West Virginia. actually helped turn their program around as well. So uh-huh. uh, they kind of struggled down the stretch, but uh, Oklahoma State gets the best of them there. Also, Providence upsetting Villanova 54-52. to Villanova, even though they ranked 10th in the country, they struggled here down the stretch. They're still holding on to a 16-5 and record with an 11-4 record in the Big East. Florida State took a step back as Notre Dame upset them 83-73. to
1: also too going back to that OK State West Virginia um upset. They did it without Kate Cunningham. So that that had that was mm-hmm. pretty impressive there. And also too, um like like you said, that was a that was a sort of surprise, you know, Notre Dame, you know, beating Florida State, which you know, paved the way for Virginia to kind of like sneak in there <laughs> and technically they
0: defend the national champs.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they beat Louisville, you know, held held them off by 10 points and now they're number one seed in the ACC. So yeah, the, yeah, they are kind of the de facto, the de facto national champions. So, you mm-hmm. know, I'm sure that they're excited there, but um look, you know, a nice, that's a, that's sort of a, has a one squad to Virginia. So we'll see what damage they can do in the tournament.
0: Yep. Also to a couple of games from Sunday, I did check out the ending of this one. Of course, the Memphis Tigers uh, traveled to Houston to face the number nine-ranked Cougars. Lakina, this is what this time of year is all about. Memphis tied the game at 64 with under two seconds left. And then, of course, uh, someone from the bench called out that game. It was a miracle half-court shot for Houston as they steal a victory away from the Memphis Tigers. As I think we said, uh, I, I said uh, in our last episode, Lakina, Memphis will have to win that uh, conference tournament to even have a shot at the NCAA tournament. I think Houston's in, but it's going to be hard for my guy Penny Hardaway.
1: I mean, yeah, I saw – I didn't saw the game, but I saw the replay of it, Tremont Marks' um, three-pointer from basically mm-hmm. like half court. It was basically a prayer because <laughs> it was a little, yeah. about, like, a little over a second left, but, you know, that prayer was answered. And look at that um, – look at that Memphis schedule. I mean, look, they, they beat uh, Wichita State, so that helps a little bit. But I think if you're Petty Hardaway, I think you, you, you probably have to get to the final of the American – tournament you know, to at least have yeah. a shot because what I've seen, a lot of them kind of still a lot of the bracket still have them on the bubble. So, you know, try to look. This is a great way to kind of you know, they're only thinking about maybe like two or three teams from the American this year. So you know, mm-hmm. hopefully Memphis, you know, can win, you know, get at least get to the final Olympic if you're Memphis, if not win it. So that way you can kind of mm-hmm. submit your spot in the big dance. So we'll see. Um, uh, the Atlantic 10 should be a, another fun one. You got St. Bonaventure. You know, a veteran team. You know, VCU, a team that's been around for a minute. You know, it's probably going to be between those two in that conference once they, you know, get to, you know, once they get their conference going. You know, I think the file's going to be like you know, on Wednesday or Thursday because because they moved it up, but mm-hmm. that should be interesting. Um, look, like I said, Westroff could probably do some damage. Um, Look, look at the the other conferences. I mean, it could be very interesting because a lot of these conferences will have already clinched their spots by the time we come back on Saturday. So we'll mm-hmm. keep you, we'll give you guys, keep you guys updated because you got the Horizon League, their finals tomorrow. Um, tonight I should say the Colonial theirs is this week too. Um, the Mac, you know, they're about they start they start that this this week. So Mountain West starts there their conference tournament on, you know, on Thursday too. So a lot of, a lot of spots left to be filled. So it should be a lot of fun as usual. And as we get to fill out these brackets.
0: Yeah. Just one more point on college basketball before we move on, Lakina, shout out to Luke Garza. Uh, He played his final home game in the Iowa Hawkeyes uniform. the fifth ranked Hawkeyes defeated number 25, Wisconsin 77 to 73 on Sunday Garza. Uh, He could be Big Ten player of the year, but Io DeSumo has something to say about that. (laughs) Garza um, grabbed 16 rebounds while scoring 21 points and dishing out two assists. As we talked about earlier, LaKeen about uh, being a crowded field as far as the Big Ten is concerned, Wisconsin, even though they ranked 25th, I'm concerned about them as they struggled here uh, towards the end of the season. They, They lost at Iowa, as I mentioned, the other day, and they had a big loss, got blown out last weekend against illinois i'm concerned about them going to the big 10 tournament
1: yeah that that's and look that's a veteran squad and i think they're just they're just not shooting the ball well i mean that's a team that depends on the three a lot. when they're not shooting their three you know it, it, it gets bad very quick and so if you're if you're a, a badgers fan you gotta be you know feeling pretty concerned you know going into the big 10 tournament because I mean, I think the confidence isn't there for them right now, and we'll see. I mean, look, you know, we've seen the Big Ten tournament, you know, teams get high at the right time. We saw it with Michigan, you know, a few years back. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, look, I'm I'm hoping that Wisconsin constantly get it together, but it's going to be very tough.
0: It will be very tough, but at this time of year, the conference tournaments, uh, especially in the Power Five conferences, start up. Uh, this is the time of year we see a whole lot of crazy things, a whole lot of upsets, so – It's going to be fun. And so we're going to uh, keep abreast on all the happenings and games for you right here at Second City Sports.
1: All right. All right, Sid. Some NFL here for a second. Um, Yes. They're still trying to figure out what the number is going to be for the salary cap because, you know, the TV deals are still kind of being, you know, (laughs) crossing the I's, you know, crossing the T's and dying the I's. So, you know, Bobby Massey has been released by the Bears, and I think I just saw like a couple. As uh, expected, yeah, which is so expected. But you know, I, thought, I think like I think you know, Dunlap Carlos Dunbar, I think I just saw was released by the Seahawks.
0: Seahawks, yes.
1: Yeah, so you know, like, like we've been saying, you know, expect a lot of names to be you know released, to be released because of the salary cap.
0: Yes, uh, even though that TV uh, contract should be in uh, signed, sealed, and delivered by the time the new league year starts, less than two weeks. Like I said, you're going to see some veteran names because, as we mentioned before, we talked about baseball uh, in our last segment. Um, not much money was, was being made from the fans from the NFL this past year, so uh, the TV contract made up for some of that. But as the salary cap is going down, is going down a little bit uh, for the twenty twenty one season coming up. You're going to see a lot of high-priced veterans being cut. and Like you mentioned, Bobby Massey is expected was cut by the Bears. You're going to see, going to see a whole lot more, so get ready, folks.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I think um, Matt Vernon, who we had on a few weeks back, said, look, you're going to be expecting a lot mm-hmm. of veteran names, you know, to, to get, be released because of, you know, various salary cap reasons. You know, we, we've seen it already, so expect a lot more.
0: Yep. And also, too, today, Lakina is Franchise Tag Day. As of the key free, free agents are, will be told if they're going to be franchise tagged or not, of course, you have the situation in Dallas with Dak Prescott, referring to Matt Verderand's appearance on our show a couple of weeks ago. Technically, he does not have to sign that tag, but if he does, <laughs> Dak <laughs> Prescott, I don't know if he's going to get a long-term deal. If he signs the tag, He's going to earn $37.6 million for the upcoming season. But if he doesn't sign it, he has all the leverage in the world because Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, cannot take any money out of his pocket, i.e. find him. Of course, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a dilemma in their hands. Do you tag Chris Godwin, their wide receiver, or do you tag linebacker Shaquille Berry, who I argue was their co MVP of their playoff run, which led them to their second Super Bowl in franchise history? And also, of course, here in Chicago, wide receiver Allen Robinson—will really, he, he be, be tagged? I said it all along, Keenan He's going to get tagged. I'll be shocked if he doesn't get tagged at this point. Now, do they work out a long-term deal? That's a whole nother question. But I expect Allen Robinson to be tagged by the Bears.
1: Oh, I think that's going to happen. I think I know he's not going to like it, but look, the balls, in you know, they're in the you know, favor of the Bears. So I would not be surprised if they do. When and if they do decide to tag Allen Robinson, like I said, I know, I know, I'm sure he's not gonna like it. But you know, I think you know, like you said, it's kind of you know to be sort of petty because I'm sure mm-hmm. they know that he'll get that money elsewhere, especially to a contender. So yeah, you know, I can totally see them franchise tag them. As far as the Bucks are concerned, I mean that that's gonna be very interesting to see what they do. Do they do they? I think if if I were the Bucks, I would tag Barrett because me is, too because he is gonna have. If you don't, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna want money, which you probably won't be able to pay him. And also but also too, he's probably gonna get a lot of with his playoff performance. I'm sure he's gonna get a lot of money in the open market. So, you know, you're you're kind of stuck in, you know, sort of a realm of what you're gonna do, you know, in, in that sense.
0: Yeah, also too, pass rushers that are going into their prime or also right in their prime. They're a hot commodity. You rarely see that happen on the open market. And those guys are locked up just like quarterbacks right away. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do with, with Shaquille Barry. I will do any and everything in uh, in my power to keep him. Because, he, as I said before, he was your key to stopping Aaron Rodgers in the NFC title game. You saw what that defense, including ba- Mr. Barry, did in that Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes in a high power Kansas City offense.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. They're Jason Light, who's the GM for the Bucks, he's got a lot to think about. Um, another sort of another name is being floated around. I think Russell Wilson. You know, there there are various reports saying that you know that he is he does want to be traded, but other times he doesn't want to be traded. So and of course the Bears are being thrown around as a potential name. Why? I, I look I know you got you got folks who are dream trying to dream big, and I I don't get it. I mean. I know there's a reason why he put you know the Bears' names in that list on that list. I don't see it happening. They don't have the capital for it. Yes, I'm sure they're going to go on it, all in on him, but they don't have anything unless you're going listen. Unless, unless you're going to throw in unless you're going to throw in Roquan or maybe another like your one of your top offensive guys. You've got nothing for John Schneider to play with. He's going to look at you like, wait, I don't want, I don't, no, no, I got other, you know, I got better packages. So. I, I, I'm Look, I, I'm just, like, sort of annoyed that people, that Bears fans are sort of, like, thinking,
0: hmm. <laughs> as Ken Davis of the – now, that Davis show has been saying all along. Listen to him as well as part of the War Media Group. Uh, th- this this team needs a franchise tackle. You need a tackle. And this is the year for the offensive of linemen. Uh, as far as the 21 draft is concerned, it looks like two, maybe three, maybe even four might go in the first two rounds. So in the Bears, they they pick, I think, in the upper teens or low 20s. I forgot what address. 21,
1: 21. okay.
0: They, they pick at 21. You can get you a good tackle there. And that's what this Bears franchise needs. Uh, as we all know, Lakina to, to really build an offensive line, you had to bottom out for a couple of years to get a high draft pick to build through the offensive and defensive lines. And the Bears, if someone they don't trade for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, they are they are sitting perfectly at twenty-one to grab one of the, the tackles.
1: Oh yeah, so I, that's what they need, like you said, Sid. I mean, they've been needing the old uh, all, you know offensive tackle for years now. So mm-hmm. I would advise Bears fans to sort of like you know come out of the uh, get out of the clouds here. Where you're not getting Russell Wilson, I'm sorry, guys. So. Do gotta, you think
0: they'll trade up to get one of those uh, quarterbacks not named Trevor Wills, Trevor Lawrence, I should say?
1: <sighs> well, look, I mean, this is the right place we're talking about. So he traded up to get Trubisky, so I wouldn't be surprised if True. he tries to <laughs> trade, trade up to get maybe a, a Lance or a Field or Matt Jones, his name is being floated around to us, potential, mm-hmm. you know somebody that the bears could pick too. So it it just, at this point, who knows, we're going to be hearing all types of rumors these next few weeks. So I'm just going to sit back, you know, drink my tea and just, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the amusement. (laughs) You got to, you just took the
0: words out of my mouth.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, great minds. Right. I mean, well, what, what Mm -hmm. do you think? I mean, do you, do you think they, do you think they trade up and try to get one of those quarterbacks besides, you know, x Nate Lawrence?
0: I wouldn't be surprised, like you mentioned before, they did it for Trubisky. I know Trubisky was rated high until the last few weeks when Mahomes' uh, hype started to uh, come around. I think we pretty much knew that Kansas City was going to select him. I wouldn't be surprised, but it's a, it, uh, you're in a different place now if you're right place. Your job is on the line. You're expected to win right away. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised that they go all in to move up. But as I said before, and I agree with Ken, you need a tackle. And so you would you you had to trade one of those first round picks, and you're left with no offensive line. I know some people would say, "Well, the guys that were injured last year, they'll be healthy next year." As I guy Jason Leisure, who covers the Bears for the Sun Times, said, "Now, a couple of months ago, you cannot guarantee that the offensive line will play as well as they did a year ago. You you just don't know injuries could reoccur again, or if they're healthy, they could just play bad. You just don't know."
1: Also, too, they're going to be a year older especially the defensive yes. side. So, yes, they had a couple of guys that opted out on defense. We talked about it. But like we've been saying, you know, they're going to be a year older. So you're going to have a lot of problems if you're, you know, if you don't, you know, solve that old tackle spot. Yes, you guys got better last, you know, as the season went on, but you guys mm-hmm. still weren't very good. So, you know, it's, it's just it's, – it's kind of a crapshoot at this point, Sid.
0: It is. And this is what happens when you're in NFL hell. Chicago Bears, are you listening? <laughs> we're watching it all uh, implode. Excuse me. <laughs> we're watching it all. We're watching it all implode. And like you said, Lakina, from a fan standpoint, it's comical. But from from what we do, it just doesn't look good. But you hear people nationally trying to hype up Matt, Matt Nagy. As we said before on this show, you could look at a good card. Oh, it looks good. It's shiny, got a wash, you got the rims, as comedian Chris Rock once said, <laughs> uh, the rims be spinning, they be spinning. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. totally. <laughs> you got, the, you got the fuzzy dice hanging on the, uh, for the rearview mirror, but uh, <laughs> once you drive it, uh, it doesn't ride smooth. The, in the, the engine is sputtering. Your spark plugs are messed up. Your brakes are messed up. What happens to the value of the car? There's no value. It drops. And that's what's happening to the Bears right now. You look inside under the hood of that car. You look on the inside; it doesn't look great as it does on the outside.
1: Yeah, so that's really that's all. Really, you know, we'll we'll keep you updated abreast of what's been going on. But for right now, it doesn't look very good. You know, to the Second City Sports style Podcast, along with Sydney Brown, who is he, I, Lakita McGee, who's she, and me. We're gonna, you know, go. On <laughs> We're gonna go on the ice and talk some Blackhawks here, Sid. Um, they didn't do too bad against. you. I think they left some points on the on the board. I mean, they did get at least mm-hmm. a point against the Venice Daily Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. You are losing six three on Sunday, they did win on Saturday. They just missed games to a shootout, but they did get a point on Friday. So, what what did you think about the Hawks' performance against the Lightning this weekend?
0: Uh, It was very good, except for the last two periods Uh, on that third game on Sunday. Of course, when you commit a whole lot of dumb penalties, you give your other team chances on the power play. That's what happens. Tampa Bay scores six unanswered goals after you led three-nothing after the first period. Uh, Young teams, they're just like the Bulls. You're going to have to go through a process of learning how to win games. And that's what this Blackhawks team is doing with the young core right now. And so – Outside of those last two periods, give them credit for being competitive. Now, that game on Friday, Malcolm Stubbeck came up big, especially in the shootout, which they had to hold on to a 4-3 shootout win. That 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 was good, of course, Thursday, the day before. Uh, they let a the, uh, game get away in overtime. Yes, they still picked up a point, but you could have added another point. It could have been a two-out-of-three series win instead of losing two-out-of-three. But for the Hawks, you had the Dallas Stars for this week, which the first game starts tonight, and then you play at Dallas again on Thursday. What gives you confidence if you're a Blackhawks fan? Two things. One, you beat Dallas uh, twice uh, early last month, which got you back on track where you are right now. They're still holding on to fourth place uh, in the Central Division. Of course, the top four teams in every division this year will qualify for the playoffs. And number two, uh, Kevin and your goalie starting goalie I do not blame him for the loss on Sunday he's been outstanding this year Lakina also Pia Suter he leads all NHL rookies and points he had another goal on Sunday so some of these, these young guys are starting to come around but they still need more experience as, as we talked about last week the schedule gets tougher you need to start beating these teams if you want to qualify for the playoffs and get that growth and get that experience and hopefully qualify for the playoffs
1: let's hope so I mean I think they're a lot of fun to watch and I saw um, they were um, Kirby Doc was working out you know so hopefully Mm -hmm. he's sort of like that's the first step of him coming back because I think getting him back is key although we still don't know about what's going to happen with Jonathan Taves. we'll see what happens with that they're kind of keeping that kind of close to the vest which look we get it look it's the NHL I know some people are not happy with that in that sense but look we get it it's the NHL they're they're good they can can be very serious when they want to be so it's fine
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah, let's just hoping everything's okay with Taves. We're not going to speculate or, or suggest anything. What, what's happening with him we will wait just like everybody else was going on with him. Also to Lakina, Alex Dabrinka, who's been on a roll. I know his eight-game point streak ended on Sunday, but he's been playing very well since uh, he, he returned from COVID a few weeks ago. Patrick Kane, is. Uh, uh, congratulations to him. Uh, tonight, he's going to play his 1,000th career game in the NHL. Even though he's on the road at Dallas, He's, he's breaking records and setting records, so uh, I know he's the, uh, one of the key leaders of this team, along with the Duncan Keith, but it's nice to see the young guys like Dabrinkin step up. As I mentioned, Pia Suter, Philip Kusharev, who added another goal to his resume on Sunday against the Lightning. These young guys uh, you know, need to be consistent. They need to start stepping up more.
1: Oh absolutely and, and hopefully they do that because like you said, so I think they can be right there and be in that three or four spot and get that, get that uh, playoff spot and I think that can only help their confidence. Uh, real quick before we you know before we wrap up, um, you know Vegas has looked really good, you know winning six in a row. Um, the Islanders have looked really good too. Varlamov, who's their go- goalie, has been, you know, standing on his head. And he, <laughs> go Va- Varlamov, I should say. I could never get these Russian names. <laughs> I might get a little tongue tied. <laughs> but he's been looking. He's looking really good. You know, helping the Islanders. You know, they're getting hot at the, at the right time too. So, you know, and Mark Andre Fleury it was doing his thing. You know, with Vegas. You know, as he usually does. So. Mm-hmm. Leading the league in least goals allowed. So just, just amazing what he's, what he's still doing. And he's like, what, he's about our age. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Crazy.
0: It It is crazy. And also, yeah, go ahead. No,
1: no, it's just just amazing what he's doing. It's just, it's just absurd what he's still able to do.
0: Yeah, it is absurd, but you know, Shout out to those players that are able to last this long. Also, too, the uh, St. Louis Blues is starting to turn around here yeah. a little bit. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, I know on Sunday, congratulations to them. as uh, Even though they lost their game on Sunday to the Washington Capitals, they started allowing fans back into the yeah. arena. So so uh, I know there's rumors that uh, Mayor Lightfoot may do that for the Hawks and the Bulls later on for next month. We'll see about that. We'll keep you abreast on that. And so it looks like the NHL is starting to let some more cities have fans back in there. Well, it actually it's up to the local government in those cities. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like uh, hockey is starting to uh, get along that. Check over the city of Chicago, as I have my fingers crossed with those. They're listening exclusively. It looks like maybe the Blackhawks will have some fans in there before the season, especially if, they, um, if they're – Getting anywhere near close to clinching a playoff spot for uh, for the Chicago Bulls as well, but congratulations to the Philadelphia Flyers as they allow fans to come back in uh, start, uh, uh, this past Sunday.
1: Yeah, should be very interesting though. I'm sure I'm sure the other teams, especially the Hawks, will follow suit. So we'll just have to wait and see.
0: Yes, we will have to wait and see, Lakina. We have a few minutes left as you're listening to Second City Sports. Uh, we talked about before, Lakina, how we are consuming our, our television programs and, and sports in particular. is not back to the old days of just watching it on your TV screen anymore. And, uh, we're consuming it by on-demand. We're consuming it online, whether it's just via your computer <laughs> or these streaming apps. It's all uh, different kinds of ways to uh, consume uh, products. And it looks like the radio industry uh, it's no different. as It's hitting home here in Chicago. This yeah. is from Robert Feeder's column uh, from in Chicago from Monday. He's the Chicago media critic for both TV and radio. The music station, known as 95.1 FM in Chicago, is seasoned over-the-air broadcasting at the end of March and switches to full-time audio streaming via digital app. Operated by Chicago-based integrated brand marketing, uh, also known as IBM, not a computer company. <laughs> <laughs> the station features a mix of R&B, gospel, and smooth jazz, and house music. Chris Henderson Hutchinson, the midday host known as first lady, good friend of Lakina, by the way, mm-hmm. continues as program director, uh, emerging from an FM translator atop Willis Tower. The station has been branded as Club Step at ninety five point one FM until it was taken over in twenty nineteen to Tracy Bell, who's the vice president of the integrated brand marketing. Uh, that's the end of that story, Lakina. doesn't specifically uh, uh, explain why this this um, will take place at the end of the month, Lakenia. Uh, uh, Living, of course, here in Chicago, we grew up on Time Joiner 107.5, of course, BMX for us and people that are older than us now. That station is V-103 in Chicago. Uh, I know that's the number one music station in Chicago as of this last ratings period. Lakina, I I love that station. I know they have Troy Tyler over there now, Sam Chapman. Romoski Love is doing mornings over there. We grew up with him. I remember he was a producer at WGCI uh, for Doug Banks' morning show back in the day. So, of course, he's been around almost every urban radio station in the city. So you still have some talented people over there. But it goes to show you the times that we are here right now. I'm not saying that uh, terrestrial radio is not an option. It is, but... The way that we're going, Lekina, in our industry, what we're doing right now, we had a radio show now. We um, transitioned over to podcasts. I think we've done a hell of a job over this past year. We're doing uh, podcasts via Zoom, StreamYard, or what have you. So as I said uh, before, and I'll say it again, I'll say this to people who are listening that want to do what we do. Uh, you got to have many outlets to expand your brand and, and Advertise for your product. It's not just the old school one way ticket anymore. We're living in a digital age and there's um, multiple outlets, multiple streams to get your product out there. It's not just, oh, this is gather some money and buy some time on the radio, which still exists, but people are more are turning to podcasts. Uh, I, I still like the terrestrial radio, which we all grew up in, Lakina, but there, people want and need options let me repeat that again people want and need options and this is where we're going through right now and i think it's a good thing
1: yeah i think to a tra- certain extent yeah i think it's also about transitioning to into that digital yes. form i mean well you know both the sport are the sports stations chicago sports stations i know that the score has their own app their own radio app you know also um you know, ESPN 1000, they have their own app now, too, You can listen to through them, you don't have to listen to, you know, on the radio and, and such anymore. So, look, I think, I think we'll see if more stations follow suit. I think this is more like a, a cost saving thing, if anything, you know, going to all digital, because you got the technology now, why not? So, Look, you know, Lady T is what they call her. The you know, firstly, I should say, you know, they, you know, it's a good friend of mine. I know she's gonna do. She's done a great job so far at that station. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's gonna do 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 great as they are transitioning to a more digital format. Like I said, we'll see if more stations do switch over to the digital format because it is, you know, less conducive and you know, people can actually reach because we we know with terrestrial radio in some areas out out in the boonies, you can't get the signal. The signal isn't strong enough. So mm-hmm. digitally, you know, it's a little more you know, more uh, manageable. So I wouldn't be surprised if more stations, you know, nationwide, you know, go this route and we've we've actually seen some stations are actually going this route. So this is the first time we've been hearing from a station here in Chicago doing it.
0: Yeah. I I think the question for me is, as I said, terrestrial radio should be an option, but as, as we said before, it's not the only option anymore. Are we seeing the, the starting to see the slow death of terrestrial radio?
1: I think there's always gonna. I think there's always gonna be an audience for it. I mean, I think like the older listeners are probably gonna want to keep with the, 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 you know, terrestrial realm because that's what mm-hmm. they're used to. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think look, how this is how I feel. I feel about the radio thing is the same thing I feel about TV. I mean, yes, you got more streaming services, streaming. You know, a lot of the stations, mm-hmm. networks have streaming services now, but there's always gonna be an audience for television to watch on TV because, <laughs> it's it's just you know a habit. It's just tradition. Same thing I feel mm-hmm. about radio. You know, yes, they're going to be, you got tune in and all the stations have their own apps now, okay. but there's always going to be that audience. that are going to want to, to, to listen to it the old way and it's terrestrial radio. So, but like it says, it's all about options and I think you got to have it
0: yeah and that's what it's all about I, just for me personally like I, I tell people all the time i don't listen to current radio anymore i may turn on the station here and there every once in a while if i haven't heard a song in a while I'm like okay i'll listen to that song or maybe a couple others and then i'll turn because most of the today's current music i just cannot stand as many people who know me very well uh, will already know but 95.1 fm uh i I'm not going to miss turning to it on my uh, in my car radio. I'm glad, thank God, I have the app, so uh, I still get to listen to it. But it just won't be the same, turn on that uh, station on the radio.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> so, well, like I said, it'll be interesting to see if more stations, you know, go this route.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's I think it's starting to trend. But how slow or how fast will this uh, trend uh, will this pace pick up? Yeah, it's it's going to be is. It's going to be interesting to see. It remains to be seen.
1: Because you know, if you look at the ratings and listenership, I mean, more people are listening to it via you know radio dot com and TuneIn and apps mm-hmm. like that. So a lot of people. I Heart are- Radio
0: app as well. Heart, you you yeah. can listen to our, you can listen to our podcast uh, also on the I Heart Radio app at War Media. Uh, no, yeah. Sorry, at uh, War on Anchor. War on Anchor, yep. But yeah, mm. so uh, like I said, it's different ways for people to consume the product. It's not just one or two ways anymore.
1: Which is, I, mean, I think, I think in that sense, it's a good thing. So. Exactly. And on that note, you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter. Oh, and also, also, we got a shout out to our good buddy, Ken Davis. You know, for those of you who didn't. Yes. For those of you who haven't, you know, who didn't find out yesterday, he is going to be a part of the, I don't know if this is new, um, Sid, but I think this is a new thing that they're doing. On the part of the, the Bears um, podcast, you know, joining guys like you know, Adam Hogue and people at that elk. And look, I'm sure, look, if you listen to Ken on this station on War Media, he's definitely going to bring something different to the table. And I'm looking forward to what he has to say, because I'm sure he's going to shake things up.
0: Yeah, that's part of the uh, Under Center podcast from NBC Sports Chicago, because uh, most if, those that don't know, of course, they let go of a couple of the writers over there over the yeah. past few weeks. And so they're uh, going through a transition right now. So, uh congrats to our guy uh, Ken Davis. Of course, you, you can listen to me on Flipper Friends, which he's the host of, uh, along with Ryan Bookavex, who's, who's the executive producer of that David show in Flipper Friends. And so, uh, like you said, he's going to shake things up. He brings a different opinion, he brings a different perspective to the table, and I expect nothing but the best from him. So he, he's going to do a heck of a job.
1: And the first episode is already up. So go to NBCSportsChicago.com/slash/under-center-podcast. So you know, it's, it's right there, and you can listen to it on your various um, apps.
0: Yes, support, support, support.
1: On that note, you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG.
0: You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's sidkid I D eight zero. You go. Go to our website, weareregalradio.com for more information. And also, you can listen to this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming in the scope with Josh Hicks. That's uh, That Davis Show and Flipping Friends and Kyle Means' show, all part of the War Media Group by simply going to War on Anchor on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Just type in the search engine box, War on Anchor, W-A-R-R on Anchor. Also, we're on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You're going to not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. as we send you a kiss and take our bows. Thank you very much in advance for your support.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. All right, yo. For said, I'm Lakina. This is the Second City Sports Zoom style. Look, I know that the weather is a little bit warm right now, but look. Even, and people are getting vaccinated, but even still, wash your hands, mm-hmm. wear your mask, keep your distance, you know, and be good to each other. This has been Second Sports, Zoom style, and we'll see you this weekend.
0: Till next time, holla!